Late in the afternoon, they painfully climbed above a huddle of brown and black hills. The raft jerked and yawed. The black case emitted ominous rasping sounds. Wreath flew low, sometimes brushing through the tops of black tree ferns. Sliding across the ridge, the raft blundered at head height through an encampment of capering creatures in voluminous white robes, apparently men. They dodged and fell to the ground. Then, screaming in outrage, fired muskets after the raft, the erratic course of which presented a shifting target. All night they flew over dense forest, and morning revealed more of the same. A black, green, and brown carpet cloaking the Aman steppe to the limit of vision, though Traz declared the steppe ended at the hills, that below them now was the great Dadu's forest. Anacho condescendingly took issue, and displaying a chart, tapped various topographic indications with his long, white finger to prove his point. Traz's square face became stubborn and sullen. This is Great Dadu's Forest, twice when I carried on mail among the emblems. I led the tribe here for herbs and dyes. Anacho put away the chart. It is all one, he remarked, step or forests. It must be traversed. At a sound from the engine, he looked critically aft. I believe that we will reach the outskirts of Coad, not a mile farther, and when we raise the housing we shall find only a heap of rust. But we will reach Coad? Linlan asked in a colorless voice. So I believe. Only two hundred miles remain. Linlan seemed momentarily cheerful. How different than before, she said. When I came to Coad a captive of the priestesses, the thought seemed to depress her, and once more she became pensive. Night approached. Coad still lay a hundred miles distant. The forest had thinned to a stand of immense black and gold trees, with intervening areas of turf, on which grazed squat six-legged beasts, bristling with bony tusks and horns. Landing for the night was hardly feasible, and Wreath did not care to arrive at Coad until morning, in which opinion Anacho concurred. They halted the motion of the raft, tied to the top of a tree, and hovered on the repulsors through the night. After the evening meal, the flower of Kath went to her cabin behind the saloon. Traz, after studying the sky and listening to the sounds of beasts below, wrapped himself in his robe and stretched out on one of the settees. Wreath leaned against the rail, watching the pink moon as reach the zenith, just as the blue moon Braz rose behind the foliage of a far, tall tree. Anacho came to join him. So then, what are your thoughts as to the morrow? I know nothing of Coad. I suppose we inquire as to transportation across the Drushade. You still intend to accompany the woman to Kath? Certainly, said Wreath, mildly surprised. Anacho hissed through his teeth. You need only put the Kath woman on a ship. You need not go yourself. True, but I don't care to remain in Coad. Why not? It is a city which even Durder men visit from time to time. If you have money, anything is for sale in Coad. A spaceship? Hardly. It seems that you persist in your obsession. Wreath laughed. Call it whatever you like. 
I admit to perplexity, Anacho went on. The likeliest explanation, and one which I urge you to accept, is that you are amnesiac.